Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Aviva podcast. This edition is a leadership special. You're going to hear from Aviva's Chief People Officer, Danny Harmer. She's been speaking to Sam Gilpin, MD for Europe at YFC Consulting. Among other things, they're going to be discussing the five key factors that can help you lead when everyone is working remotely, and also why good leadership is a lot like teaching someone to swim. So Sam, lovely to virtually see you. COVID-19 has been the catalyst for a lot of change and I just thought it'd be really helpful for people to understand um, what you think the impact has been and needs to be on on leaders in organisations. Yeah so I mean I think I think it's it's such a huge kind of question isn't it Danny? So we are going through unprecedented times and I think I mean I, I as you know I work closely with lots of senior leaders big organisations around the world and I don't think anybody's finding this easy. I think everyone is being deeply, deeply challenged. Um, they're being challenged intellectually, trying to figure out what they should be doing. They're being challenged emotionally, which is how do I deal with all the feelings that this is generating? And I think often their, their resilience and their, their physical kind of well-being is being challenged as well. Because, um, I mean, if, if I take my team in Spain, for example, they, they were locked in their houses. I mean, in, in the UK, we could we could kind of go for a walk, but in Spain, you couldn't even leave the house. And so I think there's different people have had different kinds of challenges challenges through that. Um, as, as I was kind of preparing for our conversation, Danny, I was thinking about some research we did about nine years ago into resilience. Um, so we looked at all the academic research around resilience and we identified kind of five key elements that are really important for leaders for themselves, but also how they build resilience in others. Um, and so I was thinking is, as we think about that question and kind of the demands on leaders right now, I think that model is is quite a useful frame for us to, to us to think about. Um, so if I if I dive into it, um, the, the, these, the, the first thing is about getting real clarity for people about the outcomes they're trying to achieve. So I think that there's something as a leader, which is, am I clear myself on what I'm what I'm aiming towards? But there's also something really important here, which is how am I creating conditions for other people to have to be clear on what, what they're aiming for? And the research around this is kind of interesting. So um, one of the things that people think about when they hear resilience is they think they think about, well, that determination, that tenacity, that perseverance to keep going in pursuit of something. Um, and that is really, really important. But the, the watch out for it is always, are you heading in pursuit of the right thing? So so kind of as someone who's an absolutely determined kind of bulldozer heading for the wrong thing can be hugely damaging for an organisation. And actually, it's not great for resilience either, because you just keep on going after something that's that's not achievable. Um, so it's this combination of perseverance and flexibility. Um, flexibility isn't great without perseverance either because you just dart all over the place. But it's getting this this combination of, of, of the two is really, really important. I'm interested in whether or not you think being distant from physically distant from your teams means the need for that kind of direction is is the same or higher or lower. You know, when people are working remotely do you think that impacts on it yeah I, I mean I would think so it's definitely because it's this whole thing of um so I, I like to think about communication particularly in teams as being like kind of pipes and like networks of pipes and when you're working remotely from people when you're not kind of seeing them on a day-to-day -day basis it's like the pipes get narrower and also the pipes the pipes get blocked 
And so if if you're not clear on the context that people are uh, need to be kind of acting in, then the risk is that people are going off, they're taking initiative, but they're heading off in the wrong directions. Um, so in a sense, as a leader, the fundamental question around st- striving is, is my team pointing in the right direction? Yeah. And I think that is much harder when, when you're when you're dispersed and you've got to work much harder about setting the context and being really, really clear with people. Yeah, I, th- I think Aviva, you know, is definitely a purpose led organisation and people, I think everyone in Aviva would understand the purpose. But I just listening to you, I'm wondering whether we don't they don't always feel they have the next layer down of and therefore what does that mean for me and my goals and what should I be striving towards and how often do I have to check in that that's the right thing yeah I mean so my observation I mean one of the things I love about Aviva is I mean I've been working with the organization for I think about nine years and there's just this deep sense of care for the customer and a deep sense of kind of why the organization exists um I think the bit for striving for me for Aviva is that um I mean, it's one of your values. It's kill complexity. It's that thing of um, bright people who can see a lot of nuance and complexity can sometimes make things a little bit more complicated than they maybe need to be. And so part of striving for me as well is about how do I make it really simple what I'm going after? Um, So as a line manager, am I setting a really clear context for people? Am I helping people to visualize the future and then figure out how to get there? Am I helping people to set and reset goals? Am I giving people good feedback around their progress? Um, because what I sometimes see in organisations that are quite collaborative, which which I think Aviva is, is that people aren't always happy to kind of give people that negative feedback and say, no, actually, you're off track here or you should be doing this, um, because actually that can sometimes feel a bit uncomfortable. I think um, I think we we are sometimes very nice to our to our people which of course you know being caring about people is something that uh, matters in the organization and you know care more is one of our values um and matters to me you know personally it's one of the reasons I I joined um I I think sometimes we mistake feedback that says look you're off course or there's a misunderstanding I need you to do it differently we, we think that's not about caring. Whereas actually, if you really care about somebody and want to support them and are checking in on their performance, you know, here's some data about how you could do better now. How can I support you? Feels like a really sensible conversation to have. And I think maybe we just need to get our leaders to understand that's that's a good thing to do in the interest of your people. So in a sense, striving is, are people facing in the right direction? And then the next three that we're going to be talking about are all about the right kind of um, resources that people can draw on. So the first one is support. And and that's basically that kind of support is a huge kind of mechanism for building people's resilience. There's a kind of there's a kind of myth, which is that resilience is a bit like being kind of Rambo, which is that you just you go into the forest and you kind of you hang tough. But actually, the the psychological research about resilience is actually quite different. It suggests that if we've got great relationships to draw on, actually, we're much more likely to, to be resilient. Um, there's a piece of research that, that I came across, which is that if you have like a really serious kind of life changing event, like a serious illness, one of the biggest predictors for recovery is actually close relationships. Um, and so kind of there's a, there's, a, there's a role for all of us to play, which is to think about what are our support networks? And what's practical support, so what helps us to do the task, and what's emotional support, which is what what helps us to kind of process the stuff we're we're dealing with. So in terms of that support, the support isn't as obvious 
as it as it was when I could look across the office and and see people, um, and and they could see me. So there's, I was I was talking to one of my children about this the other day about just working from home, and I said, you know, I love my job. I love what I do. I'm really, you know, fortunate to have the role I do at Aviva. But it's like in the middle of March, someone said to me, okay, choose a food you love. That's all you're going to eat. You can eat as much of it as you like, <laughs> but that's it. I think the, the bit as um, for us to think about is what's our, our own support network. But as managers and leaders, it's to be thoughtful about how are we helping people draw on the support they need? Because what you'll find is, is you'll find some people who are really good at practical support, but actually struggle with emotional support. Some people who are the other way around and some people who actually are really bad at asking for help. And it's actually quite a tip. I mean, I see through the assessment and coaching work I do, you often find that high performers have become successful in their life at school, at university and their careers by being really self-reliant. And actually, they often find it hard to ask for help. Um, and so a very simple thing you can you can do um, as a line manager is to be just saying to people, where are you getting your support from? Um, kind of also you can be a, a source of support as well. So kind of creating an environment where it's safe for people to open up to you and and not a situation where everybody has to be kind of strong and self-reliant because the research suggests that that's not a great route for for resilience yeah i mean one of the things that we're we're getting into the sort of mid-year point and we are asking all of our leaders to check in with their people um, and you know have a conversation and we've said to everybody the first thing you need to do is ask you know say say how are you um and um someone in the people leadership team at aviva actually was worried about someone in their team um and i said just ask how they just say are you okay you know are you all right because you're you're confused by the behavior and how it's feeding into the work output just before you you kind of wade in with thinking there's a there's a capability or a performance issue just check they're okay and, you know, I don't mean to teach you to suck eggs, but just just check because it doesn't sound sense. And um, they came back to me and went, OK, well, they were not OK. And actually, I've been able to, you know, I've been able to help them. Yeah, and I think I think this is such an important bit. And we know from kind of that some people are more task oriented and some people are more relationship oriented. So if 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 you're listening to the, the podcast and you go, do you know what? I know I'm, I'm one of these people who's a bit more task focused. You're not typically going to be going into the how are you doing kind of mode and the risk is and I remember one coach of mine um he started trying to do the how are you doing but he didn't ask it like he meant it so I got some feedback which was it's great that he's trying but actually he goes so how are you doing is everyone okay okay right now we get on to the now we get on to the task <laughs> and so there is something about um if this isn't an actual strength of yours um just being patient with it and recognizing the importance of it and giving people space to come to you as well I think there's something also about knowing that it's okay if you ask a question and somebody that that you don't know the answer or how to help somebody. Mm. I I think as leaders, of course, we don't know the answer to everything and nobody expects us to. But I think I'm here, I'm listening and I want to help is a really good start. Yeah, and I think I would just I would go one further than that as well, Danny, which is to say, I don't need to be the person who solves the problem for you. Yeah. I could brainstorm with you who you might go to to get support. Um, because you're right. I think that sometimes we feel like as a leader, we we should be competent. We should know what we're doing. We should have all the answers. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I have the great privilege of working with a number of CEOs and wonderful as they all are, 
none of them have got it all figured out either. So <laughs> nobody's got this all figured out. And to put yourself under pressure to think I need to know all the answers and I need to be able to solve everyone's problems isn't very healthy for anyone. No, and, and we need to, you know, we leaders, but also our teams, we, we you know, we're all adults. We need to look yeah. after ourselves too, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, this 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 goes to the heart of, of the kind of resilience model, which is one of the reasons why I like it, is that we've got to be thinking about ourselves first and also how we're, we're helping our teams to be resilient. I mean, it's that classic cliche of the kind of, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on before yeah. you put it on the other, put it on the child. But it's kind of, we've got to be doing both. So if we think about striving, thinking about, okay, how are we on the goals we're going after? Support, who do we need to draw on for support? Um, is it is it a support network outside of work? Because it may be, I mean, someone like someone like you, Danny, who's quite new into Aviva, you haven't got those relationships that, that go back a long period of time, whereas kind of some of your colleagues will have that to draw on. Yeah, OK. Should we um, go on to the next one? Yeah, definitely. So the next one, so... The, so we talked about striving. Are we heading in the right direction? Then we talked about um, the kind of support, which is stuff we get from other people. Um, and the next one is to talk about confidence. Now, confidence is is really interesting. So, I mean, I think we can all think of situations where in our lives where we felt really confident and we've we've been able to kind of take on things that are unexpected and absolutely smash them. Um, and probably situations where we felt less confident, where everything's felt really hard and we've kind of backed away from situations or we've stepped tentatively into situations and we haven't given our best and and that's then made us feel even worse about ourselves. So it's this it's this really subtle thing kind of confidence, but it's such an important emotional resource because actually if we can nurture it in ourselves and other people, it, it can have a huge difference on performance. Um, and, and I think the thing that I find interesting about, about confidence is that it's not static, it doesn't stay fixed. It's, it's like a circle. What we do is when we go outside of our comfort zone, and we do it successfully, we build our confidence because we go, OK, I can do more than I thought I could do. Um, if we if we stay within our comfort zone and, and don't do anything, our confidence is likely to kind of stay flat or over time start to recede. But the, the kicker is that if we if we try and do something that's way outside of our comfort zone and then find we can't do it, then our confidence tends to drop. Um, so as a line manager, it's often about, OK, where is where are my team on their confidence? What what can I do that's going to nudge them out of their comfort zone enough to give them that confidence boost, but not so far it's going to potentially be unhelpful? Um, and I can think as a parent, I'm, I, I won't speak for you, Danny, but definitely a case <laughs> when I've, I've got that wrong, when I've when I've tried to push kind of kids kind of too far. Um, and actually, then it's kind of caused them to retract further. So it's quite a subtle one confidence. I think. Yeah. I, th I always um, I always try and when I when I talk to people about this, I go, just think about if you were teaching someone to swim, mm. you wouldn't shove them in the pool and walk off. Right. You would get in the pool with them and then, you know, and, hold, and then you would maybe sit on the side and give them an inflatable ring or a kickboard or whatever. And then you would probably, you know, once they can, so you'd stay on the side, but they don't need. And it, I think it's the same with helping people in your team to start to pick things up because. You know, standing on the sidelines saying you can do it while someone drowns is not it's not just about my belief in you. There has to be some skill and capability that sits underneath that to build the confidence. I think that's really nice. Annie. It makes me think about um, I'm sure you remember the situational leadership model, which yes. is basically about how task related versus relationship related you are. And I think it's a, it's got a really nice analogy for that kind of you're in you're in the pool with them, showing them how to do it. Kind of your 
you're you may be in still in the water but kind of but watching cheering them on and and stepping in when they kind of when when they don't get it right then you're kind of sitting on the side um and and then you're and then you're actually letting them swim so i think it's yeah. a really nice way of thinking about it i think other practical things that you can do is um i think with people who are a little bit underconfident getting tapped into their purpose can be really helpful because kind of it can sometimes be the difference between taking that step into the unknown and not um and i remember there was someone i was i was mentoring one of my colleagues years ago and and she was she was really struggling with her confidence and we helped her think about kind of what really mattered to her and and she was worried about kind of looking a fool and getting things wrong and then she thought well actually i care about this thing so much that i don't it doesn't actually matter if i get it wrong and i'm just going to go for it anyway and do my best and I think that can be quite helpful as well. Yeah, I think the, the other thing that um, people have talked to me about on a couple of occasions, I mean, because um, I have yet to meet anybody who actually says, do you know what I love doing more than anything else is standing up in front of a large group of people and presenting. Um, and, you know, everyone, the, 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 you know, the anxiety and the adrenaline hits them differently. Um, you know, you can learn it, you do it, you do it well, and it, you know, increases your confidence. Um, there's something as well, I think, about, if you try and focus on what you can give to this thing yeah. rather than what you're going to get from it, i.e. how everyone's going to be looking at you, if you just, you know, and it comes back to what you're, you said you're calling about, actually, I'm so passionate about this yeah. and I want to help this situation or get better or make a difference that it can, it can help you to switch around and think about, right, what can I give to this situation yeah, that's uh, really rather good. than thinking about everyone's going to look at me and think I'm, I, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Or... The other, the other practical thing that I think can be quite helpful here is that there's a lot of line managers and leaders that I work with who are, who are so focused and they've got such high standards. They're so ambitious for what, what can be achieved that they find it hard to stop and pause and celebrate success. Um, and so there is something about, actually calling out achievements in your team, celebrating their strengths, um, those things can be really confidence building as well. I think I think the other bit is um, kind of just to be thinking about um, what's the environment I'm creating around me? So am I creating an environment where people feel confident or am I feel, creating an environment where people are worried to make mistakes? Um, and often that's the role you're playing as leader in terms of how are you responding when people get things wrong? That can be a key element for confidence too, I think. Okay, so we've talked about interpersonal support and emotional support. The final one is is kind of physical support, and that's what we call recovery. So recovery is um, what what people typically think of when they think about resilience, and it is really important. Um, it's things like the wellness agenda. It's things like eating healthily. It's um, mindfulness. It's getting enough sleep. All those things are really really important, um, but actually they they're not they just doing them on their own isn't enough. Um, I think the bit about recovery that's interesting is that um, like, I think we all know now what we're meant to do and what we're not meant to do. I'd be very surprised if anyone listening to this podcast really thinks that it's a good idea to, to, to kind of to be effective at work, to, I don't know, to, to, to stay up late, not get enough sleep, drink too much alcohol, not take exercise. I mean, I think I think we all know it now. Um, I think what's I think what's interesting is how do we help ourselves? Also, how do we help other people to have good habits? Because the research suggests that if you can embed things as habits, then they're much more likely to stick. Um, there's, there's, so there's something here about, am I really talking to my team about their own recovery strategies, their own energy management? So I think that's really, really important. But the second thing that's really important here for me is about how am I role modeling it? 
because I might be saying I'm actually a little bit guilty of this Danny so this is I might be saying to people it's really important that you take holiday but then people are going to see that I'm not taking holiday and yeah. so people are going to go and this actually is true because I failed to take holiday during I, I kind of ditched two weeks of holiday so this is this is genuinely true um and I had good excuses for doing that just to be really clear I'm sure you did yeah <laughs> um, but but actually if you're if you're if you're saying to your team don't check your email over the weekend and then you're sending emails at two o'clock on Saturday morning seven o'clock on Saturday morning 2 a.m Sunday morning they're going to be going well not only am I feeling frazzled about kind of Sam said don't check your emails but he's sending me all these emails over the weekend so I feel I ought to respond but they're also going to be going well Sam's saying this stuff but actually what he's doing is different um, and one of the things we know is that followers tend to judge what their leaders do much more as much more important yeah. than what leaders say. So I think it's it's those kind of helping people on their energy management and having healthy habits. But it's also about do as I kind of role modeling and walking the talk, all of that kind of good stuff. And I, I mean, I think there are small things um, that we can do as well. So I had, um, uh, you know, people leadership team meetings. We've made meetings shorter while we're yeah. on technology um, because I think it is harder to concentrate and you don't get some of the natural breaks you would in a meeting um, but we had a meeting that was scheduled from I think 11:30 till maybe two or something um, and uh, I just you know I said to the to my team we need to rejig this agenda and put a half hour break in the middle because I need to eat everybody else on the call needs to eat there are people in different time zones but largely that that's too long to be on the on the you know on a on a phone on a device for one for one time from a concentration perspective, and I'm worried that people are not getting breaks as well. Um, and uh, I I think I've had more positive feedback about putting a break into that meeting than any other thing that we've ever done, you know, from a people leadership team perspective, because I think people thought, hang on, you do you know you do understand and you are thinking about us. Um, and we you know we we stopped the call and everybody went and the sun was shining that day and and I hope they all got some you know some fresh air and food or or just went and spoke to their family or you know whatever it is they wanted to do I, do, um, I mean I do find I do find that the staring at screens really really tiring just personally and I know having spoken yes. to a number of people colleagues but also clients and other organizations that there's there's an energy requirement of being present virtually that's very different from being in the room with people I mean, one of the things that I've taken to do with my team is to is to is to go back to phone calls, actually, some of the time. Yeah. And and actually, now that we can leave the house more than once a day in the UK, um, actually go on, do, do a call on a walk. So you're actually getting a bit of exercise as well. And yeah. and I think just kind of encouraging people to experiment and make it OK to do this is 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 really important. I think the other bit about recovery that from a leadership perspective is important is about how am I creating kind of kind of structure that works for the people who work for me um because i mean one of the things that we know is some people are much more conscientious and planned some people get a lot of energy from doing things last minute but as a leader if you're someone who's really last minute and you've got lots of planners around you they're gonna they're gonna be absolutely driven mad and they're gonna find it exhausting being with somebody who who actually is is throwing everything up in the air five minutes before it's due or making people work till kind of four in the morning because you've been planning something for two months and then two days beforehand you change what you want yeah. but I think there's also something here if um, again thinking about yourself as a leader what am I doing to help my team recover and and to play into their kind of different characteristics as well 
Shall I go on to the last one? Yes. Um, and actually, do you know what? Just before I get onto this, we, um, we've been running some um, some workshops around leading through crisis, and we've we've run them with leaders all around the world. And what we've been finding that leaders are struggling with most at the moment is the recovery, the one we just talked about, and the yeah. adaptive one we're going to talk about next. Um, and I think the recovery is because kind of our, our normal habits aren't working. So, and actually, we've we've probably developed some unhealthy habits while we've been on lockdown. I know, I know, I have. Um, Kind of, and so it's about how do we reinstitute some healthy habits for adapting, though. Adapting is basically taking the space to step back and to figure out kind of what we need to learn, how we need to change. And I think what's really hard is that when we're being bombarded with new stuff every day, new demands, we get into the kind of fight, flight, freeze response. And it's very hard to create that space to think differently. So we get caught in this very reactive mindset. Um, Adapting is about um, kind of it's partly past focus. So what do I need to learn? But it's also future focus. So it's kind of how is the world changing and therefore how do I need to adapt? Um, and and I think there's there's a thing for, for line managers here, which is about how do you create space for the team to step back? But it's also how do you create space for individuals to stop and pause and think about their development? Um, so a classic thing, again, if you're thinking about kind of line management conversations, where, where are your individuals with their development? Like, what are they focused on? Do they have a development plan? Is it a real development plan or is it a kind of tick box type of exercise? Are there two or three things they're working on and how can you help them take that step, take that space to, to think about, let's not worry about what everything's going on right now. Let's just talk about you and what you're learning and how you need to change going forward. Yeah. So that's the kind of essence of this one. Um, and uh, in terms of if, if you're having a, you know, a sort of just, mid-year conversation with somebody um yeah. and you want you know you want to check in on them um from a support perspective we've talked about recovery and self-care something around you know what they're striving for being flexible and then the um you know the adaptability do you think everything is of equal importance how would you structure it where would you start yeah so look so i would um i think that the 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 flow we've talked through today is is quite a nice flow yeah. actually how how are you doing towards your goals how's the context changed are they the right goals kind of how 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 are you doing in terms of your persistence around them have you had to change direction kind of let's start do we need to do we need to kind of reevaluate them let's start there then to go into kind of how are you doing in terms of the resources you're drawing on so so what support have you got how confident are you feeling um and how are you looking after yourself and then at the end, you can have a broader conversation about, so, so so what have you learned over the course of the last kind of six months? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about the business? What have you learned about your customers? And, and actually what's lovely is that that then takes you back into striving because yeah. actually kind of having had this great conversation, it might be, do you know what, what I figured out is that actually I need to be focused somewhere else. And therefore, I need to rethink the support I need. And I need to, so so I, I like to think of it as an ongoing kind of circular conversation, yeah. if that makes sense, Danny. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think the other the other challenge that COVID and lockdown um, is giving leaders, you know, in the context of the conversation we're having, I mean, there are other challenges as well, obviously, um, is this sort of sense that in some roles they go, how do I know what different people have delivered because some are homeschooling and balancing educating with and childcare or caring for you know elderly parents and I, I you know I'd be interested in your perspective my 
mine has always been look you know assume positive intent we're we're, to, we're, we're adults talking to each other um mm-hmm. you know that's sort of do what you can and tell me how you've got on with it give the individual that responsibility and accountability yeah so i would i would really agree with that i think i think what becomes really difficult is when when it goes from being look i've done my best and i'm delivering just about enough to actually you've got a you've got a colleague maybe who who is so distracted and so involved with all the other things in their life um which is are they actually kind of doing the job they're being paid for um and i think that's a really hard call for any manager to make um particularly during a period like this but i think there's also a question of fairness which is if if kind of other people are kind of are working twice as hard because someone isn't pulling their share of the weight that doesn't feel great either so i think i think there's a i think there's an adult bit here in terms of positive intent but i also think there's a there's a tougher thing to grapple with for organizations in here as well yeah and it, I, you know it's it's a it's a thorny issue i mean i you know i'm 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 proud to say that at viva our our position was while we're on lockdown we're supporting people you know and assuming they'll do what they can but we understand that if they've got children to care for or educate or you know elderly parents to look after or whatever it is that um will support them and then as we gradually phase back into um a, a new normal um that we know they'll they'll give back you know and, mm. and contribute in the way they can that's great so um i think it'd just be good if we just run through the five points for people as a something to have in their mind as a framework yeah so so and i've got a kind of question for people to ask themselves as well particularly as they as they're preparing for a kind of mid-year conversation yeah um so so if we start with striving question to ask yourself is is my team as individuals and a team are they pointing in the right direction yeah support do my team know where to go to for help okay confidence do my team believe in themselves rubber ring at the ready (laughs) <laughs> um indeed or, or the other or kind of float recovery are my team looking after themselves and adapt are my team developing and growing sam that was fantastic thank you so much for your time it's a real thank pleasure you. really enjoyed uh, talking to you about it danny lovely to see you thanks a lot bye well that was sam gilpin from ysc consulting speaking to danny harmer from aviva If you'd like some more information on the topics discussed in the podcast, just take a look at the show notes. 